0: Amen. Awesome. It is good to see all of you wonderful people today here at New Life Church. If you've got young ones, we're going to dismiss them now, allow them to exit to New Life Kids up to grade 6. As they meet Miss Brandy, Miss Marissa, our New Life Kids leaders for the day. If you're able to look around and say hi to some folks nearby, you do that. Spread the love, the joy, the cheer. A lot, of, a lot of kids today, all these now empty seats, because that's where all the kids were sitting. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Well, it's good to see you guys. Good morning. Welcome to church. Welcome to New Life Church. Great job today, Colson on the drums, man. Really good job. Really good job. Good to see all of you today. Listen, we're going to uh, pick up with our, our Back to Church series called Rooted. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles. ...to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. As we continue our series, Rooted. It's based out of a prayer out of Ephesians 3. One of the prayers of the Apostle Paul... ...praying for the believers. And uh, it's kind of in the mix of that. He says that may you be rooted in God's love... ...so that you can be strong... ...and you can remain strong. So... Our ability to have strong faith and to live out strong faith is tied to the depth of our spiritual roots, our roots in the gospel, in the kingdom. And so we're looking at a few things throughout this series that we started, excuse me, a few weeks ago talking about some important things we need to be rooted in, rooted in vision, having the right frame of vision that Christ be the center in our life, that all the things we look at, the way we see our world, the way we see our own personal lives, that Christ would be there in the center, keeping us, holding us, remaining in us, and holding our life together, Get, having, having ourselves rooted in the Word of God, the truth of God's word, the who he is and what he says, that we believe that. And it's is, it is something that we aim to walk out and live out, to not just be hearers of it, not just to be talkers about it, but to be doers of his word. We talked about having ourselves being rooted in worship, not just the aspect of a song per se, but in our heart, in our everyday Lives that we offer our lives up to the Lord on a daily basis to live with a heart of worship and to be rooted in that. Talked about being rooted in community, the development of fellowship in Christ, uh, in this, in His family, in the church, and how that is something more than just Sunday. That how He He desires His people to be together, have this have this tethered togetherness, if you will, uh, not only with him, but with one another. And we started last week with part one, talking about being rooted in sharing. And today we're going to attempt to finish that with part two uh, as, we, as we move forward. Let's look at this text here today. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5, Paul, he writes, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? He says, We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news said, each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. And it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering, but what's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Verse 9, for we are both God's workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. And because of God's grace to me, Paul says, I have laid the foundation. I've done my work like an expert builder. Would you pray with me over today's word? Lord, we are thankful for your word and what it has to say. I know sometimes, Lord, we don't really get it, don't understand it, try to make it make sense. But we need your spirit to do that, Lord. We can't do that out of our own natural mind. We need the mind of the spirit. So today I pray and ask that you would bless us today with a heart and a mind to understand, to receive what your word is speaking to each one of us today. And let it it go deep inside of us. Let it take root in us, Lord, and produce what you want to see happen and take the shape that it needs to take in each one of our lives, so that our lives would be glorifying to you. And God, I ask that you would fill my mouth now, my heart with your word, so that it can be honoring to you and helpful to your people. And everyone can say amen and amen in Jesus' name. Listen, question, I asked this last week. We may ask this of ourselves and ask this about God. Can God use my life? Is God interested in me? Does He care that I exist? And if so, then why am I here? What does He have for me? How can I live my life in a way that would make God glorified, that would bring Him honor, and that I, my life can actually matter? This one life I get, how can I live it for the purpose of God? What is God's purpose for me? What is His plan for me in this phase of my life? What does He have for laid out for me. And, you know, believe it or not, from the beginning, Genesis 1 teaches us that we were created by God to work with God and to walk with God. We were created by God to walk with Him and to work with Him. And He gives identity in that and He gives purpose in that because it all stems from a relationship with him, And so if you and I want to ever know why we are here, what is our purpose, what is our role, what is God's plan, what is God's will, can God use my life, the, the broken parts of me, can He heal that so that my life can be a story and a testimony of God's grace to other people, then it, we have to make sure our lives, first of all, belong to Him. And with that stems meaning, and out of that stems purpose, and out of that stems God's will. And Paul kind of circles back to this in in this part of 1 Corinthians 3 in our main text today... ...talking about being rooted in sharing. He says, we are God's workers. We are God's field. We are God's building... Meaning we work with God. God works in us. God lives in us. Let that sink in for a minute. Sometimes we have to be reminded that the God of the universe, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, lives in us. We were created in His image and His likeness to walk with Him, to work with Him, to produce for Him in this world that would bring him glory and honor with our life and be of help to other people. And so think about that. We are God's workers, God's field, God's building, God with us. God lives in us. God works in us. And Paul's saying, look, you got to be in in this portion to the Corinthians. He's reminding them you need to remember your part. You need to understand your part as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. You need to remember your part. They were getting caught up in titles and ranks and positions, who was more charismatic, who was more truth-telling, who was more had more integrity, who had who was better looking, Paul or Apollos. You know, I don't know all the reading between the lines, but they were getting caught up in so much nonsense. Paul's like you guys are off base here. It's not about Paul. It's not about Apollos. It's not about who's better. It's not about who who can last longer. It's about God working himself into us and seeing that come about. And he said he reminds them, you are God's field. You are God's workers. You are God's building. He said, so it's not about title and rank and position. He said, it's about sharing your life the one that God has redeemed with those around you to show them that God exists, that God is real, that His love is powerful, and that God desires to have a relationship with each and every single one of us to make an eternal difference. So, but how do we share our life? How do we live this life and how do we go about sharing this life? We talked about one aspect last week. We're looking at three, three thoughts on this on how we can share our life. The first one last week was about making ourselves available to God with our time, sharing our life with others. I encourage you, if you missed that, go back and catch that. You can get that on our website or on our YouTube channel. Today we're going to talk about the number two and number three parts of that, and that is this, to be useful to God with our talent and to be faithful to God with our treasure. Let's look at the first one. Useful to God with our talent is about sharing our gifts. Sharing our gifts. Romans chapter 12, Paul writes and he talks about some gifts that God has put inside of us. He says this in verse 6. He says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. If you're going to be mean, then just be mean and do it well. I mean, don't go halfway in being mean. You don't apologize if you're just going to have the gift of being mean, right? No, I'm kidding. That's not there. Because it goes on down, talks about in verse 10, love each other with genuine affection. Okay, okay, Paul, I see you. Verse 11, then he says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. He says, we all have gifts, we can't, none of us can say, I don't have a gift. Now, we can say, I may not know what my strong gifts are, but we can't say we don't have gifts. God has put inside of each and every single one of us, He has wired us in a certain way, put within us, blessed us with gifts. And Paul lays out some of these gifts here. He says, whatever your gift is, basically, use that gift well, to serve other people. Use that gift well to help other people. Don't hide it. Don't pretend you don't have anything to offer. Don't, don't use the excuse, well, I'm not good enough. I don't think I can be, you know, v- very useful in this day and time. I can't, I don't know. I don't think I've got what it takes. God has put within each and every one of us his gifts. And it says by his grace, in his grace, God knew that you would be born, and he knew just how you would needed how you needed to be fashioned. He knew how each and every one of us would look, how each and every one of us would talk and sound, and how you know he 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 knows the very number of hairs on our head or the lack thereof or whatever that may be. He knows how we are, what he knows what makes you laugh. He knows what, what really pulls your heartstrings and will make you cry. But he's put with inside of you gifts. And those gifts are not meant to be hidden. Those gifts are meant to be shared. If you want to live a life of fulfillment, if you want to live, I'm not talking about being known, being famous, having every, where everybody knows your name. That's at a bar in New York, I think, called Cheers. Boston, my bad. tells you how long it's been. Where everybody knows your name, right? He said, it's not about that. It's about using your gifts. I guess if I'm going to use a reference, I should know it first. But thank you for your grace. In his grace, God has put within you gifts. He says, use those gifts to serve others, to do things well. And I like how verse 11 kind of sums it up. He says, Serve the Lord with it. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. The Greek in there goes on to say it this way. Let the Spirit excite you as you serve the Lord. Man. Let the Spirit excite you as you serve the Lord. Question, when's the last time you just really got excited about using your gift to serve the Lord? Paul implies, and the Greek implies, that there's going to be days and times where we're not going to be excited about getting up and using our gift to serve the Lord. We're going to be tired. We're going to be worn out. We're going to go through times and stressful seasons. We might find ourselves at at the doldrums of life where no matter which direction we push and try to go, we're not moving anywhere. And so Paul says, there's got to be this aspect that's bigger than just the gift God has put in you, and that is the Holy Spirit's got to be the one to ignite the fire. Because humanistically, we're going to get tired. We're going to start to lose our mind. We're going to go a little cray-cray from time to time. We're, going, we're, just going to, we're just going to be in our feels. We're going to be in our human emotions. We're going, to, we're going to follow the lead of how we feel. And if we always follow the lead of how we feel, sometimes that ends up okay, and a lot of times that doesn't go so well. Right? And so let the Spirit excite you. And in another text, and as he, Paul writes to a young pastor named Timothy. He tells, them, he tells him, Timothy... I'm I'm writing this to remind you that you need to fan into flame or stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. There's going to be days and times where you and I, we're just not going to feel it, right? We're just not going to feel it. And and, and, and depending on how long we let that go will determine how long we stay there. I think God in His grace... Yeah, he gives us some time. But I think sooner or later we got to come to reality and begin to call on the Holy Spirit to ignite the passion, to ignite the flame, to dust it off and to fan it into flame again, to put it into fire again on the inside of us, to not let the gift go dormant and buried and hidden and unseen and unused. Let the Spirit excite you as you serve the Lord. There are going to be some times when God wants to use your life, wants you to pull out your gift, and you may not feel like it, but you go to do it. And as you serve, the Holy Spirit kicks in and begins to breathe a fresh wind in your sail. Most of the time, many times, I think we wait on the Spirit to make us before we step out to do anything. And I can't tell you that if we wait and do it that way, we're going to miss a lot of opportunities. We're going to miss a lot of opportunities for how God wants to use our life. Because, man... There there I gotta be I gotta level with y'all do this for a living, but there are some Sundays I just want to sit in my chair and drink my coffee and stare out the window. Don't get me wrong. I love preaching and I love ministering, but you go through different cycles of different things sometimes. And I just I know I need to do this, God. I don't want to do this. I want to sit here today. And He's like, Well, you don't get to do that today. So, what you want to do? I get up, I pray, read the Word. Don't feel a lot of things sometimes. Can I just be honest with you? There's a lot of days I don't feel anything. I, anybody want to be honest with me today, too? There's just some days I don't, I don't feel nothing. But I have to believe in those moments even when I'm not feeling anything. The spirit is just blowing. spirit is just pumping some oxygen, spiritual oxygen into my soul. And then if I just let the spirit excite you as you serve the Lord. we, the invi- we don't need a new invitation to serve. God's already given us the greatest invitation. When we were born, He put the gifts inside of you. And He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us. Because in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes another part of a letter talking about spiritual gifts. Nine different spiritual gifts. The gift of wisdom, the gift of prophecy, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpreting tongues, the gift of discerning of spirits. When's the last time you or I let the Holy Spirit use us in any one of those nine gifts? Two chapters later, in chapter 14, verse 1, Paul says, Look, I I tell you, desire earnestly the spiritual gifts. In other words, if we want God to use us, we must desire that. We must ask the Lord and say, God, I need you and I want you to use my life. Today, tomorrow, this week, this year, throughout my lifetime, I want you to use my life. And at any given time, at any given place, however and whatever you want to do, I just want you to speak and flow through me. Man, the gift of miracles—that'd be pretty cool. I've never—I've never had that. I might have had that happen once. I don't—I re- don't remember it. So it probably hadn't happened. So I probably would remember a miracle if God used me in the, on the spot. I, gift of. There has been some gifts of healing times. God's used me. People have been ill, been down, something going on. And I just felt prompted to pray for them. And God touched them. God healed them. He's used me a whole lot in the gift of prophecy. And I'm not talking about just here. At a restaurant. At a gas station. And I got level with it. Sometimes I wasn't even thinking about it. But apparently he heard the prayer I prayed earlier that morning... And he remembered it. I didn't, but he did. And he, that person and I crossed paths. And voila, spiritual gift being used. Been, you, uh, he's used me in the gift of interpretation just a couple of times. Because sometimes people get a little fleshy and get a little excited. And they think they're doing it, but it's really not. And so everybody's sitting around silent waiting for an interpretation, and there's not one, so that means it probably wasn't the Lord. Or somebody's just sitting on it, and they're like, I'm afraid to. Most of the time, if we sit silent, and God's prompting us, us and we stop and we don't, he'll generally pass on to someone else and give them another chance. Isn't it in the message on spiritual gifts and how to use them? This is, a, this is a part where I just am simply here to encourage you. Let's open our life up more. Let's open our life up more to see that, man, God wants to use us as Pastor Lindsay opened the Service in our everyday life. On the days where, we don't, where we're, not, we're not dressed cool. Well, I think this is cool. Maybe it's not. Somebody told me, I looked adorable today. <laughs> I said, I'll take that. When, we, when our hair's all messed up and we don't have cologne on and we're just hanging out or going, we thought we'd just run to the store and grab something and we see somebody, Lord, please don't let me run to anybody I know. Please don't let me run it. And sure enough, we run into four people we know. Right? Everyday life. Just in our everyday life. we got to quit trying to super spiritualize and hyper spiritualize our faith. It's just everyday life. Everyday life. There are gifts in us. And when we share our gifts, it glorifies the gift giver. And it helps other people to know Christ's love and power. Think about that. You may not ever, sometimes ever know a life you touched by simply being operating in your gift. You may use your gift, serve someone well, move on, and a whole lifetime goes by, and you may never know the life you've touched. In fact, that's probably most of the, most of the times. We don't always know the different lives you and I have touched and helped. And the third part. We talked about being available, sharing our life. Being rooted in sharing, sharing our life, being available to God with our time, sharing our life. Being useful to God with our talents, sharing our gifts. And the third one is being faithful to God with our treasure, sharing our finances through giving. Matthew 6, 21. It's It's in the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. It's right in the... Beginning stages where Jesus is talking about money, possessions, and things like that. Don't store up treasures on earth, store up treasures in heaven. And he says this in verse 21. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. You know, the Bible teaches from cover to cover in different stories, in different narratives, in different ways, the principles and the issue of our heart being attached to our to our money to our possessions to all these things to being generous and being to be a person that plans and prepares it all has its all has its balance in there from Adam and Eve to Cain and Abel to Abraham to Moses all the way through into Solomon into Malachi Jesus's teachings in the gospel in the gospels to the letters the epistles and how it just uh, how the Lord just, you know, kind of pulls it out and says, this is our everyday pattern of life here, to be a person that walks in this way. But the clear understanding about all of all of it in our treasure is this. Treasure is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. That's the clear understanding of it. And, and, and I just want to break it down real simple, like, because that's kind of how I am. Um... Tithing is, is just, that means 10th, 10% of our earned income, what we work for. But I, I, I break it down into three, into three things. Uh, basically, it's an acronym, uh, HOT, H-O-T. That's kind of how I, the principles I try to live by, this, this principle of HOT. Um, H, not because I'm hot, I'm not. <laughs> oh, stop it. Hey, my wife's back there. Be careful. (laughs) She did. She approved it. It's Haley Smith approved. (laughs) She actually bought this for me. Hot. H-O-T-H. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. You can write these scriptures down. Deuteronomy 8, verse 17 and 18. When I honor the Lord in my giving... It reminds me that everything I have is given to me by God. That's how we honor the Lord. Give. Give. It reminds me, when I give, this came from God. He gave me the ability to work. Gave me the ability to produce. Gave me the ability to breathe gave me the ability to use the gifts He's given me to do something worthy for Him. Oh, obey the Lord. Deuteronomy 14, 23 and Matthew 23, 23. Obey the Lord. When I give in obedience to God's Word, it demonstrates that God has first place in my life. When I give in obedience to God's Word, it demonstrates that God has first place in my life. T, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Malachi 3.10. When I give, it shows, hey, I trust the Lord. It gives God the chance to prove that He exists, He wants to bless me. He wants to provide for me that He is my provider. He is my provider. Honor, obey, and trust. That's kind of how I sum up this whole thing on treasure and giving and tithing. Um, I can't tell you that it's always easy to do sometimes. Others... You may never struggle with, you know, you you give your tithe check, you give your offering, you just, you don't even bat an eye, it just doesn't need, I struggle with that sometimes. I've always tithed ever since I started working at 16, 31 years, I might have missed a few times, but I'm still alive, so that ought to tell you something about God's kindness and grace, Right? When we live to honor the Lord, obey the Lord, and trust the Lord, it puts all things into the right perspective. That it seems to not let things get out of balance and not out of focus. Keeps God in the center. Makes Him first. Keeps Him first. And it puts all the onus back on Him. God, I did my part. I got up and worked. I produced. I yielded a crop with my life. This week, these last two weeks, this year, whatever it is. And I'm trusting you to take care of it. In fact, I'll lay hands on our checkbook, lay hands on our, on our budget sheet, and like, Lord, these numbers aren't adding up. You can cross-reference, we're not wasteful. At least it doesn't look like we're wasteful. We're trying to be faithful, trying to be good stewards, all these things. And so I'm asking you to do your part and remember your word that you'll take care of us. And we give. Honor, obey, and trust. And just a simple encouragement to anyone who hasn't really practiced this idea of the principle of the word, to give, to honor the Lord with your tithe. I, I I say it this way. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. And then remain consistent in that. And then gradually, as God blesses you, increase. Increase that. I would encourage you to just try that and see what God can do. See what He can do. I have not been starved to death. Uh, Our utilities are still on. Uh, They did get turned off once several years ago because I was late on paying the bill. And I paid the late fee, and I had to wait for the guy to come turn him back on. And I got to tell you, it pay, it, it's nice to know somebody that works in the utility division. Because you make a phone call, and they make a phone call, and then the guy shows up. And, um, but I was late, so it was on me. But that was not fun having to sit there and wait for that to happen. If you've ever had you, your utilities cut off, you know what that feels like. There was a time when we only had 12 cents in our bank account. Don't ask me how I knew I had 12 cents in our bank. account. I just kept up with it. I was like, it's getting low. <laughs> it's getting low. Can't tell you how many times God has showed up in the, on the doorstep of our house through people, through mail, through someone thought they were going to shake my hand and they put money in my hand. I'm like, how did you know? Those are gifts God uses in different people. I want to encourage you that if you aim to live a life to just want to honor God, you aim to obey Him, we're going to make mistakes. You, you, you set your life out in your heart to trust the Lord. It can get scary sometimes, but He will always do His part. He will always do His part. Why? God wants to show you he's, he, he exists. He wants to bless you. He wants to show you that He is your provider. Even though He gives us the ability to work, He's the one who pulls the strings, opens the doors, connects the dots, sets you up for promotion, sets you up for transition, sets you up for other things. He's the one behind it all. He's the one in the middle of it all. But His hands get tied if we don't release them. And we release them when we decide we're going to aim to be faithful with our treasure and share our finances through giving and tithing. I want to close out with a story. By the way, you'll never hear our church, as long as I'm leading it, talk about pressuring anybody into giving. We'll never tell you the Lord said, Ten people give a $1,000. I know we've kind of been in the history of that over the years. The, the church has, not just this church overall, the charismatic church gotten caught up in some mixed signals with that. We believe it's between you and the Lord. We're responsible to teach you the truth, as much of it as we understand it, to share it with you, to live it, to model it, and all that. It's up to you to exercise your faith with what God says in His Word. The Bible is clear, though. It does teach us. It does teach us to share our life. The Bible does teach us, it calls us to share our gifts. And it does challenge us to share our giving. There's a story called The Great Race of Mercy. You might have heard of it. But every year in Alaska, there is a 1,000-mile dog sled race that commemorates an original race to save lives. Back in January of 1926, almost 100 years ago, six-year-old Richard Stanley showed symptoms of diphtheria, signaling the possibility of an outbreak in the small town of Nome. And when the boy passed away a day later, Dr. Curtis Welch began immunizing children and adults with an effective anti-diphtheria serum. But it wasn't long before the supply ran out. The nearest serum was in Nanana, Alaska, 1,000 miles of frozen wilderness away. Amazingly, a group of trappers and prospectors volunteered to cover the distance with their dog sleds and their dog teams. and operating in relays from trading posts to trapping stations, one sled started out from Nome while the other carrying the serum started out from the Nana. Oblivious to frostbite fatigue and exhaustion, the Teamsters mushed relentlessly until after 144 hours in negative 50-degree winds... The serum was delivered to Nome. As a result, only one other life was lost to the potential epidemic. Their sacrifice of sharing their time, their talent, and their treasure, it gave an entire town the gift of life. What about you? What about me today? We can't forget that we're still alive that there's still a world out there of people who don't know the Lord. Sure, we may not travel to Alaska or off this continental United States, but we travel the streets of our neighborhood, the streets of our community, the aisles of our grocery stores, the tables and booths at our restaurants, the lunch tables in our schools the playgrounds where our kids play we go all over the place in this area where we live where we call home so what about us can God use your life does God want to use your life absolutely absolutely and he teaches us in his word as Christians as believers as followers of Jesus we are called to share our life we're called to share our gifts and our treasure we're called to put all of that in motion all of that in play all of that in God's hands Next Sunday, we conclude our Back to Church series where we're having a big family picnic next week. And We've been talking about invitation, inviting. And I want you to think about, is there someone, who is that someone that is not a part of church, not a part of faith, or maybe they are, But they're not really, you know, they could be in a better place in life and have the family of God in their life. Who is that? I want you to ask the Lord to show you who that is. I want you to ask. I've got, I told Haley the other night, I've got someone in mind that I'd like us to ask. So I'm going to, I've got to ask them this week if they would consider coming with us to church and be our guest next Sunday. Would you do that? Would you consider how someone else has used their gift and impacted your life? That somebody somewhere has served you in some capacity for you to know Christ better. For your faith to be a little stronger. For your your soul to be a little stronger and healthier in the Lord. Somebody somewhere has used their gift to make a difference in your life and i want to encourage you and let's not do it just for one sunday sure we may not invite, we may not be like inviting people left and right every week but i want to encourage you are you at a place where you want to say lord i give myself away i want you to use me would you stand with me i want to read a prayer that paul the apostle paul wrote to Thessalonica to the believers there, to the church there. It's in 2 Thessalonians 1. It'll be on the screen. He says, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of His call. May He give you the power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. And then the name of the Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live. And you will be honored along with him. That should make us feel pretty good. He gets honored by how we live. But then God also honors us along with his son. That's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal. And this said, this is all made possible because of the grace of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ I just us invite you to close your eyes bow your head I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer with me if you, if you desire I'm going to pray it taking some words out of his prayer for us today pray it out loud after me Father God I thank you for loving me I thank you for choosing me I thank you for creating me. And today I ask that you would enable me to live worthy of your call. That you would empower me to accomplish the good things that you created me to do. May your name be honored in my life. May my life be honored by your life in me. Pour out your grace and let me be everything you created me to be. I'm available. I will be useful. I want to be faithful. I give myself to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.